Y'all, I have started, stopped, re-recorded, recorded, done over this first episode like a trillion times at this point. Partially because I literally hate listening to myself, but also I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm a nervous wreck, but I am going to just do this. I'm just going to wing it. How this ends up is how it's going to end up, but welcome. This is the Weekends Are For Weddings podcast. And if you don't know by the title, we're going to talk about wedding things because who doesn't love wedding things? And if you're a couple getting married, my goal is to share some tips, tricks, and fun things with you from my perspective, but also get perspectives from other vendors in the industry that aren't photographers. And also connect with other vendors to get their experiences and, you know, their stories and their outlooks on what's going on in the wedding industry right now, but also just have fun. I just want to have fun. I am eight years into my business. I am ready for the next creative adventure while also still maintaining my amazing photography business. And that reminds me, I need to do an intro. Hey guys, I am Jess Casey of Coral Compass Photo Co. My little business is based out of New Hampshire, which is in New England on the East Coast. And I have dreams of traveling all over the world, but my goal is to hit all 50 states. Um, But yeah, I'm based in New England. I primarily serve New England, but I actually just went out to Utah a couple weeks ago where I started recording this first episode and I was just, I was just not, it was not happening. So my goal with this podcast is to just have fun, be creative, get to know people. I even eventually want to bring on some of my couples from past weddings I've done, maybe interview some upcoming couples to see like, hey, what kind of questions, concerns, what's your experience been like? But also I want to read some Reddit stories. This might be like once a month, every other week. We'll see how it goes because there's literally no solid plan laid out for this. We're just going to go for it. But I want to read. I'm obsessed with Reddit stories. I listen to podcasts like where they read Reddit stories, but I want to cater to wedding Reddit stories so we can see the nitty gritty. We can hear the crazy. We can go through these situations and being somebody who sees a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I just want to give my thoughts and my takes and share just the crazy hot tea of what goes on in the wedding world because I feel like a lot of couples and a lot of people who get married have this notion that everything's hunky-dory going to be perfect and that's always the goal but sometimes crazy shit just happens and you got to roll with it and you got to have a team of people behind you who are going to help take care of you on your wedding day. So with that said, the weekends are for weddings podcast has officially started. This is the intro. I'm going to listen back to this and really hate how I sound, but we're just going to go for it, friends, and hopefully we're going to have fun. This first episode is going to be kind of introductory, but yeah, we're here. We're doing it. So let's go. Right, so let's dive into this. I can't believe I'm starting a podcast because truth be told, I never used to like them. I thought they were kind of weird. 
I did not understand what they were. And truthfully, I thought for the longest time that podcasts were just like audiobooks of people reading novels and stories like straight from text. I didn't know that like there are many different genres of podcasts and I did I just did not know what podcasts were. And it wasn't until my sister Rachel showed me what Crime Junkies is And I am a crime junkie gal. I love crime anything. It's so fascinating to me. And that the show Crime Junkie is actually what got me into podcasts. So once I learned what that was, I started now I just listen to podcasts all the time on the way to wedding days, on the way to shoots, when I'm waiting for my kids and parent pickup. I love podcasts. I don't know who gave me permission to start a podcast, but that kind of brings me into the point of If anyone is listening and you want to go out and start doing something, whether it be in the wedding industry, business-wise, or home home goods or custom creations or clothing or you, I don't know, you want to start a car dealership, you don't need permission to do anything. And it's funny that I like I've had this thought of like I don't have like I don't, I'm not qualified I don't have the permission to start a podcast I don't know what I'm doing which I don't know what I'm doing this is all so new to me this is a different creative outlet that I've never dove into before and it's a lot to take in but had I waited for somebody to give me permission seven years ago to start my wedding business I would not be where I am today and I can promise you that right now had I waited for somebody to say hey Jess I'm giving you the green light to go ahead and start your business I would not be where I am today. And I'm saying that because I was in the bottom of the barrel. I was in my lowest place. I was not in a financial spot to really be starting a business, but I wanted to do something for myself. And photography was my outlet. Photography was my passion. And I didn't know I wanted to do weddings at the time when I first started my business eight years ago, seven years ago, weddings. But I put myself out there some someone wanted me for their first wedding people wanted me to take family kids pictures for them and so I thought seven years ago hey it's time to do this let's do it let's see what happens and seven years later it's crazy that I started in such a different place and I'm in such a different place now and I'm so thankful that I gave myself the permission and just went for it I'm just I'm so glad so that kind of brings me into who is Jess Casey and how did she get into photography. So photography for me, it, I feel like I see this a lot with photographers where they'll put something in their bio that says, and if any of you have this and you're listening, don't come from my head, but they put something in there like, I knew from the second I first held my first camera that I wanted to be a photographer. I don't buy that. I, that's just, I, I mean, maybe it happens, but it's not frequent enough that so many photographers need to be putting that in their bio authentically, I didn't know I liked photography or wanted to do it for a career until I did my first wedding in 2014. Up until that point, I was, it was more fun than anything and just kind of like a side thing to make extra income because I was a struggling parent at that point. Um, And so originally starting out when I was a teenager, an early teen, I was given a camera for my birthday and that's where my artsy color splash black and white with some pop color in the photo that's where that whole thing came into play and I thought that was so cool I remember taking pictures of just like random objects around the house outside I would make my friends pose for some like cheesy photos and 
it, I, I just remember like growing up in my teen years, I had so much fun in high school. I took a photography class and it was mostly like Photoshop based and it was the most annoying thing because Photoshop is not an easy thing to learn. And I just, I was wanting to take pictures. I wasn't wanting to learn like the post-processing part of it, which now being a photographer, I realize is just such a big piece to it. So, but wedding wise, I first found interest in weddings as a guest. I was the Uncle Bob. If you don't know who an Uncle Bob is, it's the person who is typically in the older generation of the guests who bring their point and shoot camera and follow the photographer or the bride and groom all day long and just take their own photos. It's the funniest thing to me. So many people get triggered and upset by that. And yeah, sometimes it can be invasive and intrusive and you have to kind of say, hey, Uncle Bob, move to the side, please. But I was the Uncle Bob at two weddings where I was like leaning out into the aisle with my little pink point and shoot, taking pictures and looking back like that's So like, I hate that I did that. But I remember bringing my camera to two weddings that were for family and friends. And I remember to like going to take like detail shots of like the guest book and the centerpieces and then like taking pictures of the family and the couple as the other photographer was, you know, doing the thing. I was kind of off to the sides, like taking my own pictures. And I remember I would go home and edit. And I hope somebody out there knows what this is. Please comment if you do. Ribbit.com. It was, it's like the app, like the cheesy app of editing now that was on the internet. I don't even know if it's still around, but I would, it's kind of like, I don't know if like photo bucket was really an editing thing, but Ribbit is where I would like upload each individual photo and do color splash and black and white and do like vignette and like soften the photo so much that it like you, it was terrifying, 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 but it was so fun for me to do those things. So I was a guest at these weddings and I thought, wow, that was so cool. I love that. This is like, I created these memories for these people that they get, they just get to have. And so those, that's really where I first learned, like I like taking pictures at weddings. But for a while there, I didn't think anything else of it because I, when I was six, that's when I was 16. When I was 16, I wasn't thinking like, hey, I want to do this as a job. It was fun, but it ended up playing later into when I actually got into weddings. I did shoots mostly for friends and family on the side. So like, I feel like this is how actually a lot of people start in the industry, how you gain experience and exposure and you build a portfolio is you grab your friends, you grab your family. If you have kids, which I did, you use your kids and you build a portfolio that way. You give free shoots, you give, you know, $25 shoots, 50 shoots, $50 shoots. And that's primarily what I was doing for people. So weddings came later, friends, family, kids, birthday parties, that kind of stuff came first. When I had my kids, I, Skylar and Zach, they are now seven, almost seven and eight. I made these really cheesy, awful setups in my living room, which I have a three and a half month old now. So like the pictures now compared to then are just night and day. But I love that I used to try to do like basket photos and like have set up a uh, vinyl backdrop in my living room and like looking back, it was it's it's cringy to look at some of those photos because like I my skill set was vastly different and I was such an amateur. But I love that I have those regardless because it's so cute to look back on. But that's that's literally how I started. It was just setting shit up in my living room and doing shoots for 
family and friends. And I loved it. I loved it so much. And that is what started carrying me into, okay, maybe I can do this as like a side thing. How I got into weddings, like my first wedding, was October 24th of 2014. It is one of the cringiest stories. Like I feel I wasn't or I'm not qualified to be doing this podcast, I was not qualified to be out there shooting a wedding. But I was very candid and very upfront with the fact that I did not have wedding experience, but I wanted to get wedding experience. The pictures that I was able to show them, I was honest with the fact that I was a guest at a wedding. But I remember, I don't remember the Craigslist ad that I posted. That's how this couple found me was through Craigslist. And I think about that now and I can't imagine posting to Craigslist and that just seems terrifying to me. But that's how I got my first wedding. I don't remember what it said. I don't remember anything about the ad, but all I know is that I was charging $400 for that wedding. And if you are only looking to spend $400 on a wedding, I guess you should expect the quality of work that I ended up delivering for that wedding. But it was so much fun. I remember getting home from that wedding and thinking, wow, that was like one of the best experiences ever. I love that. I love it and I want to do it, but I need to really dive deep into this. I had no experience with weddings walking into that outside of being a guest. I had literally no gear. I walked into that wedding with one camera that had a pop-up flash on it. I had maybe max two batteries, one memory card, no off-camera flash whatsoever. And I think I had one stock lens that I used because I didn't know much about lenses or like depth of field or anything like that. I had no knowledge of any of that. So looking back, that is like one of the most embarrassing things. And I'm pretty sure all the bridesmaids that day like knew like, what is this girl doing here? Like she literally has a strap around her neck and nothing else with her. What is going on? But even though I lacked the inner confidence. I played it off like I knew what I was doing. And I mean, I got some really great photos that day, but like I did not know white balance. I did not know. I was shooting auto and it was just a train wreck compared to what I know now. So what I learned from that is know how to post, like I got to learn how to pose people. I got to learn what lighting is. I got to learn lenses. I got to learn all this stuff. And I learned one thing I learned very quickly is I needed more than one memory card. So that was my first wedding. And that is ultimately what catapulted me into being a wedding photographer today, like where I am today. And it's so funny because we all start somewhere like nobody just wakes up and is just so good at something and they're immediately successful. That's just not how it works. You have to work to build a business, to build a portfolio, to build your skill set. You have to do all of that. And we all start somewhere. Some people start with money to invest into a business. They have money right off the gate to buy the most expensive camera, a couple great lenses, which lenses are like the most expensive part of like running a business, I feel like. Flashes, batteries, memory cards, all the little trinkets that go with it. Some people have access to ton of, like a ton of money and a ton of equipment, which is great. Some people have already established social media presence and don't really have to do a ton of marketing right off the bat because they have just so many followers or such a broad audience that they kind of have a leg up in that department. But I started with nothing. When I say I started from the bottom of the barrel with zero, with nothing, I am wholeheartedly telling you that. I was exiting a really terrible relationship when I first, during my first year of this business, and I was essentially a single mother to two babies. My oldest is, um, she's going to be eight. My 
middle child, my now middle child, is 13 months younger than her. So they are very close in age. And I was in a position, truthfully, of losing my apartment. My car had been repossessed. I had no money. I was struggling. I was in a really awful relationship. And I had two kids who I just, they were my light. They were my life. And I had to provide for them. And that's why I was like, okay, I need to do something because I'm already working full time. I have two kids. I can't just go get an extra job because I don't have anyone to help me. And so I was like, I need to do something. So that's where the thought of, hey, I should start a business. I should do this on the side. I can have help on the weekends. That's easier. But I started from nothing. I had no money to invest into this business. That first camera that I had was a gift. And I am so grateful for that because had I not received that gift, I don't even like all the little things that start like started at the beginning of my business are just little stepping stones to where I am today. And it's crazy to think like, I wonder where I'd be if I didn't have that first camera to use because I can't do it. I can't do shoots if I don't have a camera. So I started from nothing. I had no money to invest. Any money I made from shoots was thrown right back into my business. And that's I feel like normally how it is for a lot of businesses um, starting out in a similar situation where you're you're just starting a business and you don't really have nothing, no equipment, no nothing. You're I feel like most people just in any money they make just goes right back into the business. So my life in 2014 at the time of my first wedding, I had a five month old baby and I was expecting my son crappy relationship, 700 square foot apartment. I was on the brink of losing. My first wedding was I had a borrowed camera and then I eventually was gifted one. My car was repossessed and I had zero monies, zero monies. And it was so, so hard. I remember being so scared to go to any of these shoots because there was one time where I even was running out of gas on the way to the shoot. I'm like, I just need to get there so I can get paid and I can put gas in my car to get home. And some things I knew or I wish I knew at the beginning, I wish I knew what second shooting was because becoming a wedding a wedding photographer is hard in general not having anyone to like mentor you or show you or having like real life experience really is hard. And knowing what I know now, like knowing that there is access to be a second shooter or you can shadow behind somebody. It's crazy that I didn't know about that back then. And I regret not knowing that because I feel like my business would have advanced a little bit faster than it did. Uh, but I don't regret I don't regret that I took the, the longest and hardest road possible to get here because I learned a lot of things on my own that I'm very proud of. Um, I didn't know that there were niche specific educators. So like there are educators, there are a ton of educators in the photography world. But, you know, there are educators for weddings. There are educators for senior portraits. There are educators for family portraits. There are educators for newborn photography, which is one of the hardest types of photography I personally feel like. Um, and people, my art, newborn photographers could argue that weddings are the hardest, but there are niche specific educators for everything, which I think is great, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that there were other people literally doing the same thing I'm wanting to do who can teach me and show me things and it's just, it's crazy to me that like how much I didn't know in the beginning. So that's one thing I, two things I wish I w would have known in the beginning was second shooting and find a photographer or educator in my niche of what I want to do, which was weddings and jumpstart on that. I did everything probably the hardest way you could have imagined. I didn't know you could shadow anybody. I didn't know that there were people to learn from. And I didn't know like networking. I knew like you should network, but I always thought it was like very formal. <laughs> I didn't know like I feel like a lot of people now just will message me or I'll reach out to people and be like, hey, I have a question about this. Well, how do you do this? Or people ask me, Jess, you know, what advice do you have for this? 
And I remember being so scared when I first started being a photographer. I remember feeling like so intimidated because there's so, I feel like photography is very cutthroat in a lot of ways. And in this industry, unfortunately, I feel I see more people just competing with one another versus uplifting and referring and just like building a community of people that they trust. That's not all. That's not always. I have a really great community of photographers that I will send you these people if I'm not available and vice versa. And it's just, it's really great. But in the beginning, I was very intimidated and scared of other photographers because I feel like they just, they can come across very bold and very aggressive. And again, I just, I, there was so much I didn't know in the beginning, but October 24th of 2014 was really like the starting point, but also the turning point. I truly believe had that first wedding not ever occurred, I would either not be doing this full time, not be doing this at all, or maybe still doing it part time on the side or just still doing it like for friends and family here and there. That first wedding, I just I remember the high coming home from that wedding and thinking, oh, my gosh, I created some of the coolest images I am so proud of these. I remember there was this one in front of a church in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and it was raining that day. So like on top of not knowing anything for photography, like weddings, it also was raining. So like that was another curveball. It was like if there was any curveball to be thrown that day, I feel like I had it. But I remember we were outside and like the brick um, walkway was like glossy with water. It wasn't raining anymore, but he kissed and dipped her and I caught a crystal clear photo of it. And I was so proud of it. And I used that image to carry me through a lot of stuff. I, I put that photo everywhere. I think I have it. I might put it up. But I remember taking that photo and being so jazzed. And then I would look at like the church photos and I was like, oh, my land to Georgia. These are not great. But I held on to that one photo and I was like, if I can do this photo and I can make this, I can I can figure it out. And I definitely figured it out just the hard way. So October 24th of 2014 is the day that I mark as my first day in business because I'm a wedding photographer and that was my first big paid session or event. I only made $400 that wedding. I think I only like kept $50 of it because the rest of it I put towards like equipment and stuff. But that was the first day that like I executed a contract. That was the first day that I had big business. That was that was the big business. That was the big stuff. And I took zero dollars from the beginning of my career and have generated over six figures in the last six years. Granted, three years of that was full time, most of it only being the last three years. And I reinvested so much money in the first half that that doesn't really count. But if I can take zero dollars in a business and turn it into such a successful business. If I can be a single mom struggling to pay my bills, my car is repossessed, I'm about to be evicted, I and I can start a business, truthfully, anybody can do it. And I am so serious about that. When I see my friends and family and clients wanting to start their own business, whether it's photography or crafts or anything, literally anything. I don't care what it is. I don't care how serious or not serious you're wanting to be with it. I get so jazzed about it because I fully believe in every single person who I see out there trying to do it. Because if literally I can do it, anybody can do it. And some things to remember, like if you are out there trying to start a business or you're just wanting to do something different and you're nervous about what people think, don't care 
what the hell people think. I remember being so nervous posting, hey, looking to book a family session. Like I remember because I felt like a fraud. I felt like an imposter. I didn't know anything about photography, but I wanted to know it really bad. You can't worry about what other people think. I remember I was scared to start a Facebook page. I remember I was so scared, like, oh, well, people think this is stupid. Nobody's going to like it. Nobody's going to follow it. Nobody's going to care. But guess what? It's not their business. It is not their legacy, not their investments. It's yours. So if anybody needs a little push in the right direction, let Jess Casey tell you right here, right now, start that business, start that hobby, because you don't know what it's going to turn into. I am still in awe that I am a full-time photographer, seven years going into my eighth wedding season, seven years after that first wedding. That is the most insane thing to me. I give all the credit in the world to my husband because I remember distinctly we had a conversation and I was like, I would love to be a photographer full-time. I would just love that, but I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't feel like that's going to happen. That's not, it's just not in my cards. And he goes, if you want it, you're going to do it. And I know you're going to do it. I know you're going to do it. You got this. And I was like, wow, how nice, how sweet. But it's just, it's crazy how many times I think back to the beginning and even to the middle, into the part where I actually became a full-time photographer and left the medical field behind. It's just so crazy to think like how much can happen if you just take that first step. Baby steps, baby steps. I took the longest road possible and they were all filled with baby steps. So don't worry about what other people think. Worry about yourself. Focus on yourself. Hustle make it happen. If you want it to happen, it'll happen. And I don't know what's going to happen with this podcast. I truly do not know what's going to happen with this podcast, but I just want to have fun. I want to see where this goes. If it doesn't go anywhere, I don't care. I'm talking into the abyss at this point, but this is episode one of the weekends are for weddings podcast next week. I don't know what I'm going to be talking about yet. I just needed to get through episode one. Here we are. But I'm excited and I really, really can't wait to see where this goes. So stick with me.